I, I want to uh, talk to you for a few minutes today about the healing moment or the moment of healing. I want to talk about that there seems to be a moment when God's power and God's love touches people. And I don't mean just like in a tenth of a second. It could be that, but it, it's a moment. It's a certain time where many people in a group like this, it's not group healing, it's individual healing, but in a group like this, many people simultaneously are looking to Jesus Christ and something happens. And we can read some scripture verses that infers this in Luke 5, 15, great multitudes came to hear and to be healed by him. Notice they came to hear. Sometimes people who are question healing ministers say to me, Peter, why do you always have to preach and teach? Why don't you just go and just lay hands some people and pray for them? Well, I said, I'm not any greater than Jesus. I'm not any better than Jesus. He, people came to hear. Why did they need to hear? Because he was telling them things they didn't know about God. Many people in Toronto need to hear new things. They are stuck in a rut. They see God as vindictive, as punishing them, even see their sickness as a punishment, maybe from God for some evil they have done. So they need to hear that God is a good God and good gifts come from God and there's no shadow of turning with him. So they came to hear, but hearing isn't enough. When you have heard the wonderful gospel of Jesus Christ and the revelation of Jesus Christ, you are not satisfied with merely hearing. You say, I also want to be healed. I come to be here and to be healed. It says a few verses later, on a certain day, same context, as he was teaching. So Jesus was now speaking the word and they were hearing it and they were seeing new things about God. Then the power of the Lord was present to heal the people. Now that is what will be happening here this morning. And there will be a moment here today and it may go for a number of minutes and times when the power of the Lord will manifest in this room to heal. And you just need to relax and be ready to receive. It says in another instance of this in Matthew 8, 16, they brought to him many who were demon possessed. The word there is demonized. And he cast, they were demonized. Let me say this. We don't say or teach, it's not in the Bible, that sickness is caused by demons. But demonic power uh, operates by deception and there can be an association. We see this very often when people are healed. Uh, the big, uh, we don't make the big thing about the evil spirit, but they may say like this, when you prayed, uh, something came out of me. It just came out of me. And, and so I just say, that may happen to you today. Uh, maybe you say, well, something came out of me. I don't, I don't know. I'm healed. I can move my shoulder. Or my, this tumor is gone, but something, it can happen. And then it says, and he cast out the spirits with a word. Notice how Jesus dealt with these spirits. He didn't say he wrestled with them. He struggled with them. He argued with them. He cast them out with a word. That's what I practice in, in all of our campaigns. I cast them out with a word. 
And it says, he healed all who were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet saying, he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. You know that prophecy of Isaiah, how he carried our pain and bore our sicknesses. Some have tried to say, well, that prophecy in Isaiah 53 is only speaking of, of, of a spiritual sickness of sin. It's not speaking of physical sicknesses like arthritis or lung disorder or something like that. It's not speaking of that. But here we see it. It's proven. Jesus was healing physically sick people. And Matthew says it was a fulfillment that he himself took our infirmities, not just spiritual infirmities, but physical infirmities. And he bare our, not just spiritual sicknesses, but our physical sicknesses. So you can see these scripture verses are like a wholesale healing operation. It's like a a Costco type operation. You get the big cart and you just load up. It's like a smorgasbord. He says they were all healed and they came and they were, it, it, there are many of these scenarios. And you know, that's very frequent in the Bible. Uh, the Bible gives us one occasion which occurred about uh, 3,000 years ago when the people of Israel, we know, not how many there were exactly, but we know that there were 600,000 families. And we know that they had more kids in those days than people do in Toronto today. So we say they were about 3 million. That would be five people per family. And, and they received word that they were going to leave, get out of Egypt. You know, this is a familiar story to our Jewish friends and also to Christian friends. And they took a lamb and they killed the lamb and they put the blood on the doorpost and they ate of the flesh of the lamb. And then it says that uh, they came out of Egypt. But later on when they describe this, it says that when they came out, Psalm 105 says that God brought them out with silver and gold and there was not one sick among them. Think about yeah, That's worth a clap. There was not one sick among them. Think about how astounding that is. If there were three million people, as my estimate is, is probably quite close to the target. Can you imagine? That would be like the city of Toronto, not counting Mississauga and Markham, but just the city of Toronto and more, uh, moving everybody. Think about all the uh, centers we have for chronic disease and, and all the hospitals. It would be impossible. So something happened. At that time when they partook of that lamb, something happened. Twisted limbs became straight. Breathing congestions were healed. Heart conditions were healed. Arthritis vanished because something happened. It was not individual prayer treatment by Moses. How could the poor man run around and lay hands and pray and interview three million people? That would have been quite a job all in one night. Something happened in a healing moment. Something happened and he brought them out and there was not one sick among them. As nice as that is, it would not be meaningful unless that is a picture of Jesus Christ. John the Baptist says, he, Jesus Christ, he is the Lamb of God. He is the one. And so I have good news for you. If that story in Egypt brought such wonderful result, which was merely an enactment of a symbol, we have something greater. We have Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, and he is your healer. He is your healer. 
Another incident in the scripture I can read about and it happened, the people of Israel, they were supposed to walk, you know, protected by God and God had provided protection, but then they chose to kind of walk away from that protection. And uh, it says poisonous serpents came and bit them and some died. Others, their bodies were swelling because of the fever and they were about to die. So finally, they saw the light. You know, sometimes it's not that God wanted them to be, be bitten by, by poisonous serpents, but sometimes people don't wake up unless uh, something is going bad. And so uh, they said, well, we better get back to God. So they said, Moses, pray for us. And then God said to Moses, because Moses said, I don't know what to do with the people. God says, well, I want you to take a, a bronze serpent because they were bitten by serpent take a bronze serpent and put it on a pole and tell the people just to look and to keep looking and don't stop looking. And then it says, as many as looked, they were healed. So the fever, that's a physical disease, left their bodies. The ones who had a difficulty breathing, bronchial problems because of the fever could suddenly breathe. So there was a, a miracle that touched Maybe a million people, maybe a hundred thousand people, but there was a vast number of people who all of them from every direction, they looked on that bronze serpent and they kept looking and they were healed. What's it got to do with us? Well, Jesus makes this relevant for us today. He says in John 3, he says, As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up. So he says that serpent, you know, that's kind of that's kind of staggering for Jesus saying, that serpent, that bronze serpent is a picture of me. See, we think of the serpent as being a picture of evil. You say, why would Jesus say that the serpent is a picture of him? You know why? Because the serpent had stung the people. Maybe you've been stung. Maybe that doctor's diagnosis has stung you. Maybe that family news stung you. Maybe you did something to yourself that stung you. It's like something bit you. Life is not the same. After I had this treatment, after I had that accident, after, after I had that, that tumor appeared on my body, think, things are not the same. You've been stung. And so when Moses says, look at the serpent, the people are looking at the very thing that stung them. And what do they see? They see that the thing that stung us is powerless. It cannot bite us anymore. When we say, look to Jesus, Remember, Jesus said, this picture's him. We're not trying some formula or some nice expression that sounds spiritual when we say, look to Jesus. No, what we are saying, what I'm saying to you today, when I say, look to Jesus, because when you look to him, you see that your pain, your sickness, your sin, your guilt, your shame, your cancer has been nailed to the cross. He carried your sicknesses. He bore your infirmities. By his stripes you were healed. You see the thing that stung you, the thing that ruined your life. It's been nailed to the cross and rendered powerless. And they were all healed. This continues in Jesus' ministry. I already read about it. For example, Matthew 12, 15 says, great crowds followed him and he healed them all. 
says later on in Matthew chapter 15 that they brought the lame and the paralyzed and the mute and the deaf and the blind and many others. And it says they cast them at Jesus' feet. That's what we're doing. That's why we have this kind of a meeting. That's why I'm preaching like I'm doing. I'm saying we are coming to the feet of Jesus. They cast them at Jesus' feet, Matthew says. And he says, and he healed them insomuch that the deaf heard and the mute spoke and the blind saw and the lame walked and the people glorified God. That's what I see happening by the time you hit the parking lot this morning. You're going to say, oh, glory to God. My God is wonderful. Jesus has done something great. Oh, they glorified God. I'm talking about this moment. And what's that moment about? It's a lot of people. We're a lot of people here on a summer Sunday. A lot of people simultaneously recognize the presence of Jesus. Recognize the presence of Jesus. You know, it's possible to be right with Jesus and not recognize his presence. The story is told of two disciples that walked with Jesus on the road to a village called Emmaus. They're talking, they're asking questions. He's answering them. They're conversing, presumably for a couple of hours time. And they don't even realize they're with Jesus. They just thought they were with some, some guy they met. So it's possible. It's possible to come to church. And just say, well, I'm passing some time. I'm paying off some good work going to church today just to pay off some bad things I did. It's possible to just, 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 just do that. But, but Jesus said, where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there in the midst of them. He's here right now. And you say, well, that, 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 you know, you're back then in Jesus' ministry. Well, what about, what about in the book of Acts? This continued that Jesus was now gone back to heaven. It, it says there in Acts uh, 5, 16, a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits. The, the word, if you use a more modern word, they were harassed. They were pressured. They were kind of pressured by unclean spirit, and they were all healed. So again, you have this scenario. There's a big group of people, just like we are a big group of people here today. But it's not going to take a long time because faith is rising in your heart and in your heart and in your heart and in your heart. Faith is in the back. Faith is in the front. The faith of God is all over this room. And we're going to have a moment of healing today. Oh, give God praise for that. They were all healed. So we recognize the presence of Jesus. You know, I, I always wanted to see Jesus. People uh, tell me I've had visions. Uh, some people claim I, I don't want to argue about it. I don't know. I can't even explain it. But it has happened, especially in my ministry among non-Christian nations, but also in other, even in Christian nations, that people claim to have seen Jesus Christ. That have a vision. I, I, I can't explain it. It happened uh, to a dear Hindu woman many years ago. It was the first time I saw it. I've seen it after that. Her husband had tried to help her to be healed. They had carried her to service after service. It was such a hopeless situation that I had seen them there. He lifts her up. He tries to get her walking, but she can't walk. And it's a very obvious. It's kind of pitiful. And for me as a preacher, I'm watching this woman, little 
I imagine her be about 60 years old, and he's trying to get the ushers to help her because she, she can't move, she can't walk. So when I say in Jesus' name, rise up and walk, then he's trying to help her, but it's not working. And so uh, I remember seeing that, I thought, oh, too bad, I don't understand that. I thought they probably are so discouraged they will never come back to another service because uh, you know, they were trying so hard to be healed. Have you ever been, have you ever tried so hard, you know? And so to my surprise, the next night they came back again and I'm watching, same thing. I'm preaching, I'm praying, others are receiving healing, wonderful things are happening, but this particular case, it just is impossible looking. It's like, like he's trying to hold her up and she can't even, you know, it just is it. And this goes on for six nights in a row. And actually by the fourth and fifth night, I'm not looking at them anymore. I want to look at something more encouraging in the meeting than this uh, uh, feeble attempt, you know. And so I, I tell you, I was maybe a surprise, but maybe not as surprised as the woman, but pretty well the same. On the final night in that meeting, before I had a chance to start praying uh, for people, before her husband had a chance to try to help her, she got up all of on her own. She got up on her own. And... Uh, I, I was so taken by it because I've been watching this. So I had to kind of stop whatever I was focusing on. I said, please, something has happened. Would you come? And she came and told me, she says, you know, I'm a Hindu. She said, I don't know much about this. I don't even understand half the things you're saying. She said, but uh, I saw a vision of Jesus right now. He came and healed me. I, I, I can't explain it theologically. She said, he looked at me with eyes full of love and I felt power in my feet and I got up. So well, what am I supposed to say about it? I don't know. You can talk to, you can discuss this and you can argue for and against it. All I know is that that's what her story was. And I know that she couldn't walk and her twisted legs were made straight, but I'm not asking for that to happen. I said, that hasn't happened to me, but I'm aware of the presence of Jesus. I, I pray today, I said, Lord, let me have your eyes look through my eyes. And so that's why I say I feel the compassion of Jesus Christ reaching out to you. I, the compassion of Jesus towards you. You've been hurting. You've been, you've been bound up. Your life has been limited. God has something better for you. And I, I want you to not only recognize God's presence and the presence of Jesus, but recognize the power of the word. Now, when I say the word, the word is a written word, but it's also the living word. And in fact, it is the living word, which is Jesus himself, which makes the written word valuable. All the writings of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and Isaiah, and Jeremiah, and all the prophets would really be void of power, would have no meaning without the person of Jesus Christ today. It would just be a history book. We would just be reading something that was nice, like you read about anything in history, but the fact that Jesus Christ is the living word today, this is what makes the whole scripture relevant and why we quote it and why we preach it. He said, I am the Lord who heals you. Receive that today, praise God. I, I wanna just minister something here. You see all these prophecies, I'm gonna read one in a moment, is about Jesus. Isaiah was maybe the, uh, the one who gave most prophecies about Jesus, even though they all did. Here, here's what Isaiah said. This is so beautiful. Hear this in a fresh way. He, he said like this, let the wicked forsake his way. I don't know if anybody here is wicked. You don't look very wicked, but if you are, you receive this. But sometimes wickedness is not just running around being vulgar and screaming. It means uh, being uh, not regarding Jesus Christ being super religious, 
because it says wicked people crucified Jesus and they were the super religious. So, but anyhow, you look, none of you look wicked, but I'm reading it nevertheless. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord. Why? If you're a person who's not interested in church and God, you've done things, why should you come to the Lord today? Here is the answer. Because he will have mercy on him and come to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. That means if you have struggled with sin, you're not going to get a little dose, a little tablespoon or teaspoon of, of pardon. He's going to, he has abundantly pardoned you. This is a prophecy about what Jesus accomplished for you. And then he says in the next verse, for my thoughts are not your thoughts and my ways are not your ways, says the Lord. See, that's not how we think. We think, oh, here's a bad guy. Oh, she's a bad woman. She needs to be punished. But God says, that's how you people think. I don't think like that. If somebody is wicked or unrighteous, I say, let them come. I'm going to give them abundant pardon. And we people protest, well, God's too good. God's grace is too good. It's too much. Well, God says, uh, uh, too bad that you feel that way. But my thoughts are not your thoughts. And my ways are not your ways. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts higher than your thoughts. You see, to the people in that day, they thought if somebody maybe was blind, they wondered, you know, did he commit some sin or did his parents sin? That's how they were thinking. There are people thinking like that today. Some people were thinking if you had leprosy, there must have been some special judgment because you've done something bad. But Jesus says, look at me. My ways are not your ways. That's how you think. That's how you assess the situation. That's how you think it works. But my ways are higher than your ways. As far as Jesus says, as far as my, the, the, the ways of religion, as far as the heaven is above the earth, we are totally in opposite directions. So I want you to know that God's hand of mercy is stretched towards you today. He is full of love for you. Let me read some more here. I'm just reading about the word. It's written, but it's, it's demonstrated in the living word which is Jesus. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that comes out of my mouth. So when God sent Jesus, let's look at the living word, he sent Jesus. And Jesus, by his coming, was just like rain. It fell everywhere. He's for the whole world. I don't care what religion you are. If you're an atheist or agnostic, you know, the rain falls on everyone. And the coming of Jesus, it's for everyone. You're not excluded. And if you exclude yourself, he includes you. He says, it was for you I did this. And he says then, it shall not return void, but it shall accomplish what I please. And it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. So I'm speaking these words of gospel. I'm not going to talk very long. Just a little bit longer. Not very long. I'm speaking words. And these words are coming out of my mouth. And if they were just my words, well, wouldn't do much good. I might be able to muster a little encouragement or something or make you feel better and say, that's a nice dress. You look pretty today. You look handsome today. That would be about as far as I could go take it. But you see, the words coming out of my mouth are gospel words, are Jesus words. So when I say your sins are forgiven, they were put away by one sacrifice. That has power. 
that has power. It, it hits like a seed in your heart. And you say, that goes against everything I've thought. I thought I had to pay. I thought I had to do penance. I had to prove myself worthy. And I just speak. You see, that's why I'm not teaching to this. Sometimes we teach and explain. This is not a teaching explanation service. This is a proclamation service. That there is power in the proclamation. Your sins are forgiven. By one sacrifice, he put away your sins forever. And when Jesus spoke those words, you know, in the service in one place, all hell broke loose. And the theologians got up and argued and said, Jesus can't talk like that. And some people still say that today. Your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. He put them away. His blood was shed. Your sins are forgiven. That there's power. And when I release proclamations like that, they will not return empty. See, if I just said, oh, you look nice today. And, mm, you fix your hair, look so nice. Oh, he's, uh, he's just talking. And it would return empty. You forget it anyhow in a few minutes. But you see, these words have power. So when I say things like, the Lord is good to everyone. That's Psalm 145, by the way, but don't have to look there. He's good to everyone. The Lord is full of grace. When I say words like, the Lord lifts up those who have fallen down. Oh, how wonderful that is. That's a word that Jesus demonstrated. The Lord lifts up those who have fallen down. That means if you've fallen down because of some habit and you've, you've kind of fallen into shame and guilt, so there's some kind of a, a falling, not a physical falling, but a spiritual falling. The Lord says, I lift you up. He's talking to you. But then again, if you kind of, maybe you, you try to, to walk like Carrie said she, 10 years ago. So she, she, she kind of couldn't hold herself up. The Lord lifts you up. This is good news. I'm speaking words that contain power. The Lord lifts up. Those who fall down, he heals the brokenhearted. He opens the eyes of the blind. I'm still quoting the Psalms, but the Psalms would be nothing without Jesus. You see, Jesus makes the book of Psalms come alive. Without that, it's just nice poetry, hope so, think so. But Jesus Christ, he brings the book of Psalms to life. Oh, thank God. He is a good God. He brings prisoners out of prison. I'm still in the book of Psalms. Maybe you say my life is like a prison. I'm in a prison of addictions and bondage or Maybe you say, my sickness has become my prison. I can't go on holidays. I, I, have, to, I have to be close to the hospital. I have to, it's like a bit of a prison. And the Lord says, I bring the prisoners out of prison. I am the Lord. I don't change. These words are power. When they come out of my mouth or out of your mouth, it's like, it's like, Nice burning arrows are going out out of my mouth. When I say Jesus saves, Jesus heals, he is risen, he is alive. These are power words. And when I say it, somebody over here got it. But at the same time, that person got it, somebody over there got it. And while they got it, somebody up in the back got it. And somebody here in the front got it. And somebody over here. That's what I'm talking about. A moment when many individuals simultaneously look to Jesus Christ. Oh, thank God. That's what I'm talking about. It's going to happen today. Over here, over here, over here. This is not going to be healing a la carte. 
you know, we can do that. But that's more than an afternoon service. Morning service, we got the kids department waiting for us to get out of here. I'm so glad we have healing smorgasbord. Healing a la carte, that means the preacher says, tell me all your problems. Let's see what we have on the menu here. Joy, we have healing for arthritis, we have back problem, we have uh, emotion. You say, Which, what, what, what do you want to order? Okay, we'll take... Uh, a six ounce healing from arthritis steak or do you want 10 ounces and then they go to the kitchen and they cook it up and then they eventually you're waiting and say they got served first and I didn't get served you know it takes forever some of you may be dead by the time we got to you I don't know you know it could be but but I'm so glad we have healing buffet style Amen. That means that his word is going out. Even as I'm speaking right now, see, I'm aware as I'm speaking, faith is rising here. It's been rising for the last, since you came in here, since we started to sing. When his wounded hand touched me, your faith has been rising. Something is happening right now. Some of you maybe have already been healed. You got healed 10 minutes ago. You, say, you may not even know it yet. You say, I got to check. Is the tumor still there? Is this, oh, it's gone. The pain is gone. You can move. You see, faith is alive in this room right now. It's the faith of Jesus Christ. It's the faith of the Son of God. Hallelujah. Okay, I'm going to interrupt my own sermon. I still have three minutes left to preach, but I'm going to interrupt it. And then I'll preach it, and then we're going to see how it's going to happen. I want to make sure uh, that uh, as, as it happened to a big group of people, in the Bible on the day of Pentecost, 3,000 people were pricked in their hearts. And I, I just felt like stopping before we start to minister healing. They got pricked in their hearts and they said, we must be saved. We must be saved. We must have, know that our sins are forgiven. We, 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 we must know that we have received new life. And I think it's happening here. There are people all over this room you say, well, I need healing maybe, or maybe you don't need healing, but, but maybe you need that too. You say, but when you were reading that about how God will abundantly pardon, and that's why I should come to him without any fear. I come through Jesus without any fear because there's no scrutinizing. There's no checking me out to see if I kind of measure up. He says, you're going to come to him because he will abundantly pardon. He's not going to give it in a small dosage. He's, he's going to be merciful. You say, you mean, you mean I don't have to tell everybody everything I've done wrong? No, just come to him. He will abundantly pardon. And so there arose within you as I was speaking, and you may not even have articulated to yourself, but as I'm articulating it, you are aware of it. There arose in you a desire saying, I want to live in that. I want to have that. I want to have that assurance that, that, that I've been abundantly pardoned. So let's just bow our heads right now. Let's just bow our heads right now. Father, I thank you right now. I thank you for this, the greatest miracle in the world, to know that our sins are forgiven, to know that we have new life. I thank you, Father, for that. In Jesus' name, I give you praise. Now speak to every heart. I thank you for many responding here today. Keep your head bowed for a moment. In, in a moment, I'm going to pray this prayer of receiving this abundant pardon. And all of you who would say, Peter, I want to be included. I, I need to receive forgiveness for my sins. I need to be restored to God. Uh, I, I haven't been 
I've been kind of living life not even counting on God. I want to be included. I want to receive this new life. Would you give me a signal? It's going to be many of you all over this room that, yes, I want to receive this. Lift your hand way up high. Let that be your signal. Lift your hand way up high right now. God bless you. God bless you. Hands are coming up everywhere. God bless you. 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 God bless you, sir. God bless you. Over here, over here. So many, so many, so many. That's wonderful. Let's all pray together right now. Just stand up all together for a moment. Everybody stand up. Everybody stand up together. Father, we thank you. I want everybody to pray. There must have been, I don't know, 30 people, maybe 25 people lifted their hands all over this room. Say, I want to receive this. Would you just pray with me right now? Everybody in this room, would you say, thank you, God. I come to you because of Jesus. I thank you for abundant pardon. Not just a little bit of forgiveness but a whole lot of it. I receive it now. I thank you, Jesus, that you took my sins. You carry them to the cross. And now I confess with my mouth, Jesus Christ is my Lord. Live big in me. Thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus, that my sins are really forgiven. No more guilt. No more condemnation. In Jesus' name, amen. Lift your hands and take 15 seconds just to praise and thank God. Thank, thank God right now for what he has done for you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. The most important thing is for people to be able to say yes. Say yes, because God has said yes to you. He didn't say no, I'll check you out first. He said yes. And I'll tell you, he receives you, he accepts you, and we welcome you to the spiritual family called the Toronto Celebration Church. And we will not put you down if you fail, if you said the week didn't go as good as I thought it could have gone. Well, you're going to leave here uplifted and know that God has not left you. He has not turned his back on you. If you say, well, I think one afternoon I turned my back on God. Well, maybe you did, but he didn't turn his back on you because God is not tit for tat. He's not so small. He's not a man that he should lie. He's not, he, he's not going to change his mind. So give the Lord be another big hand right now. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lift up your hand right now. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let me preach for three more minutes. Just look at me. You can take your hand down. I'm talking about this moment, this moment of faith, this moment of healing, this moment of the word of God hitting your heart that by the stripes of Jesus, I have been healed. I've been healed and somehow faith comes. It's a moment of faith. You know, faith is not something I can manufacture. Uh, I, I've thought about it so many times. I, I, I know one of our dear workers here for many years in the church is from Bulgaria. And I have a Bulgaria story that probably touches me more than any. When we went to Bulgaria, I was there a number of times. And I've seen this so many times, but this story <laughs> kind of was the first close-up I had with this. We had put up posters in this city called Plobdiv, large city. And it said that Jesus would heal people. But you know, after communism, many people were just atheists. They, they were told in school, if you believe in God, you're an idiot. You know, that's, you know, so here we were, the idiots <laughs> coming in, uh, preaching, you know, the idiots. And so they were taught like that. So this story happened, this woman, she was an atheist. If you'd asked her, what are you? She said, I'm an atheist. 
Well, she was watching our poster. She would go shopping, and she would see our poster, and she would say, look at those idiots, crazy people. But then she had a son who was born paralyzed. Never walked. He was in a bed, you know, a little boy in his pajamas. He just went along about five years old. And as she's going to shop for groceries, and she sees the posters, the thought comes to her, what if it's true? See, see what God is doing to her? He's given her faith. She doesn't know hallelujah from, from, from any other word in the language. She doesn't have a clue about Baptist, Pentecostal, Catholic. Whatever. She didn't know nothing. The thought just came, what if it's true? She said, ah, it's not true. <laughs> and then, then she goes by again and she says, well, then I thought, what if Jesus is alive? What if he's going to heal my boy? So... Another day goes by because the meetings haven't started yet. And she says, well, what if Jesus is going to heal my boy? He doesn't have any shoes. You know, if you don't walk, you don't need shoes. How many are with me on that? She said, I better go and buy him some shoes just in case. You see what's happening? She's getting faith. Some of you are getting faith right now. You said, I don't know. I don't believe in this stuff. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what about. Well, this is happening to you. Some of you, right now it's happening. She said, I'm, I'm thinking maybe, well, and then... Another day goes by, she says, well, I got the shoes, but, you know, he doesn't have any good clothes. So I better go and buy him some clothes. So he can't be running around in his pajamas. If, if it's true that Jesus heals him, I better be ready. And so, and so, and because I didn't know any of this. You see, God gives people faith. I don't take credit. I'm not, I'm not a man of faith. People say to me, you're a man of faith. I say, you have no clue what you're talking about. The only thing I got going is I lean on Jesus, and he has faith. I lean on him. He's the author and finisher of faith. Anyhow, back to the story there of this young boy. And then, then so she comes. So she put on the suit. You know, she put lying in bed. She put the suit. It's kind of a jean, navy blue jeans jacket and jeans on him. But but she has the shoes in the shopping bag. You know, I guess she's carrying him, and she doesn't want to put the shoes on. So she comes there carrying. And you see, and what happens is the boy is healed. The boy is healed. So she hustles, puts the shoes on him. And of course, the boy just was totally healed, walking like, like looking like any five-year-old walking. No, no difference. So I say to him, I'm thinking, now what was that? She had never been to healing school. She'd only been to atheist school. She'd never been to faith school. She never studied Abraham or David or Gideon. She just saw a poster. And God gave her faith. That's what I count on. It's happening here right now. God is giving people faith in this room. And so you can't even brag about the great faith you had since he gave it to you. You can just say, thank you, I receive it. Faith is rising up in hearts here right now. Are you ready? Oh, thank you, Jesus. He is my faith. Let's just stand together right now. I worship you, Jesus. I thank you. I thank you for the faith of the Son of God. I worship you, Jesus. Let's just lift our hands and just worship Jesus. Oh, Lord Jesus. Don't, you don't, I'm not trying to psych you. I'm not trying to hype you into anything. I'm just talking right now. I thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, I presented your word. I told what happened at the cross. 
I told everybody here that you're alive. And now, Lord Jesus, I thank you that you're here so that the people will know that it's not just words, but that the gospel is power. So I thank you right now for a blanket of healing all over this room. I thank you, Father, this entire group of people that are here, or maybe those who are listening by some other means of online or social media. I thank you, Heavenly Father, for the healing love of Jesus Christ that is all over this room right now. I want you to lift up your hands and would you say with me, would you say, Lord Jesus? Say it out strong, Lord Jesus. Here we go. It's you and me, Jesus. You are helping me now. You're giving me faith. I say thank you, Jesus. I receive it now. I thank you that I'm healed. I receive it from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. Amen. And now in the name of Jesus, I just pray this prayer in the name of Jesus. I speak to every sickness. I speak to any spirit of infirmity. I speak to any kind of power of sickness. I speak to any sickness, any pain in the name of Jesus. And I command you by the name of Jesus to come out of every body right now. Out of the abdomen, out of the lungs, out of the spine, out of the feet and the legs and the shoulders, uh, from the internal organs. We receive healing now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, oh, begin to just lift your hand and worship and thank him right now. God's healing power is touching you. Somebody has had some kind of a fracture damage to your jawbone. And I don't know how it happened or why it happened, but it's still giving you trouble. Jesus is healing you right now. There are people who are being healed in your lungs. You have had especially in the lower part of your lung area, obstruction there. Jesus is healing you right now. There's healing power touching you. Uh, someone else who has had a double vision and, and blurriness in your eyes, Jesus Christ heals your eyes. I speak to asthma to leave in the name of Jesus. I speak to addiction to leave in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Father. Those lymph nodes that are not functioning normally and that fluid build up in the feet and in other parts of the body. I thank you, Lord, for healing right now. I thank you for correction in that area so that there will not be the side effects that we could expect. But I thank you for healing and life by your mercy. I give you praise, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you for full kidney function. I thank you that the kidneys function normal in the name of Jesus. I speak life now where there was deadness in the body. I speak life life in the name of Jesus. We receive healing power from God right now. Oh, just lift your hand and say, thank you, Jesus. Here we go, Jesus. Uh, you receive right now. Some of you said pain just came out of my body. Pain left my body. Jesus is healing you right now. I give you praise. I give you praise, Jesus. Uh, I thank you, Father, for healing from that inflammation in joints. Maybe it's some early arthritis or whatever it is, Lord. I thank you that that inflammation in the joints or that arthritis is healed in the name of Jesus. We receive it now. I give you praise. I give you thanks. I thank you, Jesus. See, faith is here right now.